Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Nadia. And I'm Jade. And today we're going to be discussing acne and its impact on a person's well-being and body image. Yeah, this is such an interesting topic. I'm really looking forward to learning more. Mm. So we're going to start off by defining what acne is and what it's not, because I don't think it's always super clear. And we're also going to debunk some of the myths about acne. And as always, we're going to have a little dip into some of the appearance psychology research on the topic. Definitely. And joining us this episode is the former president of the Women's Dermatologic Society in the US, known as the WDS, Dr. Diane Burson, as well as Carr's very own professor, Philippa Deirdrix, and Dr. Heidi Williamson. Sure, cringe at this big time, but massive shout out to Philippa on being promoted to professor. It's such a big deal and a really well-deserved achievement. Oh yes. Go PD. So, (laughs) on that note, let's get on with the episode, shall we, Nadia? Yeah. So, this is neither of our research areas, but when looking into this topic on various websites like the NHS, we found a simple definition about acne which is that it's a skin condition involving the oil glands at the base of hair follicles, leading to spots and sometimes scarring. There are lots of different types of acne, but essentially acne is when too much sebum is produced. So the oil wax that is inside the little hair follicles. Right, and this forms a plug, which then leads to a spot developing. Great. Now Nadia and I also got so confused by this. Are acne and spots the same thing? That's the question that we asked. And I even had to speak to Heidi just to get a better understanding. The response being yes, they're the same thing. Acne, as Nadia just described, is purely biological. So in this episode, we will say acne and spots, but essentially it is the same thing. Good, I'm glad we clarified that because I was, yeah, as we say, confused. (laughs) Um, So we've got some stats here on acne. Acne affects up to 80% of people, mostly aged 11 to 30 years old. Girls are mostly affected from 14 to 17 and boys between 16 and 19. Acne often disappears during people's mid-twenties, but can continue into adulthood. And in terms of acne in adults, women are more affected, so about 80% than men. Um, Also, acne mostly affects the face, back and or the chest, as these areas have the highest density of oil-producing glands, so the sebum that we mentioned earlier. Aha, got it. So spots can also come in lots of different types, so you've got like blackheads, papules, which in case our listeners aren't sure because I actually had no idea, is small red bumps that may feel tender or sore. Yeah, and then cysts. So what are some of the causes of acne then? Well, so hormones and or genetics are said to be behind most forms of acne, but experts don't have all the answers to this, and there are a range of explanations for what actually causes acne. And subacus glands. So these are the glands that produce the oil, right? Yeah, exactly. They're sensitive to hormones, which is why acne is more frequent in teenagers. So a big time for hormone production. Mm, And in women, it can be just before a period or during pregnancy, for example, as well. Um, And also, you're more likely to get acne if your parents had it. There are also things people can do that can make acne flare up. Ironically, some of these are similar behaviours people do to try and meet appearance ideals, like steroid use or wearing heavy makeup or smoking. Which, as we know, is a behaviour people do to try and control or lose weight too. Exactly. Also, stress can aggravate acne, although it's not a cause. Yeah, so basically, all is not what it seems when it comes to acne and its causes. 
And the confusion around this topic can lead to a range of myths and misleading beliefs around acne. So why don't we briefly debunk some of these? Hmm, good idea, Nadia. I will start because I have one that springs to mind straight away. Okay. <laughs> so there's no evidence that having unclean skin causes spots. Biological reactions occur below the skin and actually washing the face more than twice a day can just aggravate it more. That's a good one to start off with. I have another good one. So there is no (laughs) evidence that diet plays a role in acne occurrence. As a review on diet and acne in 2010 by David Adice and Wolf commented in their paper, in the few studies that have been undertaken, no specific foods, including fatty foods and chocolate, have been identified as causative factors. Mm, That's a good one. Um, And that basically means that these have not been found to cause acne. And I've got a few more myths as well. So no, sunbathing or going onto the sunbed won't improve acne. There's been lots of anecdotal evidence for the sun improving acne, which it can actually in the short term, but exposure to the sun will cause dehydration, which then means your skin starts to produce more oil, that sebum that we mentioned earlier, leading to other breakouts. And not forgetting, being in the sun is also dangerous for a number of other reasons. Yeah, so remember to use your sun cream, guys. Especially after the bank holiday we've just had. Um, it's also not infectious and squeezing spots. Tempting as that can be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that can cause scarring and just irritate it more. So please avoid that. Great bit of myth busting there, Jade. And what's important to stress here is that if you're concerned, seek professional advice. As there's lots of information out there which is not useful, sometimes completely inaccurate. Yeah, good point. And as our guests are going to talk about the link between acne and body image later on, we won't go into too much depth. But as you know, we like to have our say. Um, So we'll briefly touch upon the psychological impact of acne and how it can impact someone's body image. Yeah, and this links back to some of the points we made earlier about trying to fit in with unrealistic beauty standards because flawless skin is just another beauty standard alongside being young, slim, white. So in a way, it's it's not surprising that acne can lead to body dissatisfaction because people find themselves further away from the appearance ideal because they don't have flawless skin and thus they don't meet societal beauty ideals. Mm, Definitely and to support that actually I came across a study published in 2008 by Florence Dalgard and colleagues which found that acne led to poorer attitudes towards themselves for boys and poor self-worth for girls who were 18 years old and as we know self-worth and attitudes towards oneself can have a big impact on body image. There's also an interesting study by Judith Hassan and colleagues published in 2009, which one of their findings was when they compared patients aged 20 and above with patients aged 16 to 19, all confirmed with a diagnosis of acne and attending an outpatient clinical practice, they found that the patients who were 20 and above, the not teenagers, were more likely to experience distress about their appearance compared to the teenagers attending the same clinic. Hmm. And I mean, that actually makes complete sense, because in society, acne is viewed as a condition which mainly affects teenagers. Right, and that's exactly what the researchers explained in the paper. Hmm, interesting. I think it's also important to highlight here how, irrespective of these findings, acne, no matter how common, uncommon, big or small, Um, can have varying effects on the person. For example, one spot for an individual can have a big negative impact on their evaluation of their appearance, whereas someone else could have quite a severe case of acne and have positive body image and quite good self-confidence. Yeah, that's a really important point to make. And it's important to understand that whilst research is extremely useful in understanding the impact of common conditions like acne, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be affected in the same way, as every case is different. And of course, as we mentioned before, if acne is causing you distress or concern, please see your pharmacist or GP. 
Yeah, that's really useful advice. And on that note, I think it's time for our first guests, Professor Philippa Deirdrich and Dr Heidi Williamson. Both Philippa and Heidi are members of CAR working in the area of body image and visible difference. Philippa and Heidi have also recently worked in collaboration with both the Women's Dermatologic Society and the Dove Self-Esteem Project in order to create tools for adolescent girls with acne. Hi, Philippa and Heidi. Thanks for joining us on Appearance Matters, the podcast. It's great to have you both. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to be back, Jade. Thank you. The first question that we have for you is, from your perspective, what effect can acne have on the body image of people? Well, a profound effect on individuals, really. Managing the condition can feel very overwhelming for individuals. It can be not only uncomfortable and painful, but it's also been associated with significant psychological distress and body image concern, particularly among young people. As you're probably aware, they're more vulnerable to body image concerns and more likely to develop acne. But interestingly, also older adults can develop persistent or um, have late onset acne. And that can, you know, they too can experience appearance-related distress. So what the evidence shows us is that acne can impact on self-esteem. It can lead to feelings of anger, uselessness, embarrassment, anxiety and depression. In some cases, even related to um, suicidality, so thoughts about suicide. And during flare-ups and if scarring is obvious, the condition can lead to social avoidance and um, withdrawal. For example, young people may avoid going to parties or even school. Adults with acne on their trunk, on their body, on their back or their chest may avoid swimming or clothes that possibly reveal their acne. And what individuals report is that they feel that other people view them as being dirty. And some have even said that it hinders them from initiating uh, romantic relationships or developing more intimacy. That's great. Thanks, Heidi. So, Philippa, please can you tell me a little bit more about the work with the Women's Dermatologic Society and Dove on the development of the tools for adolescent girls with skin concerns? Um, So Dove works with dermatologists around the world to understand people's skin conditions um, and how they can better help people to cope with um, different issues with their skin and included in that is working with the Women's Dermatologic Society in the US. And through their um, discussions um, with the society uh, and other dermatologists in the area, they found that um, dermatologists were facing challenges in how to provide the best support in relation to appearance concerns from a psychological and social perspective uh, for their patients. So uh, at at CAR, um, in our centre, we already have a partnership with the Dove Self-Esteem Project to develop body image um, tools for young people. So it was a natural extension of that partnership for us to work with um, Dove as well as the WDS to come up with some materials to support dermatologists in their work with um, adolescent um, patients in particular to help them feel more confident with the way that they look and to cope with any of their appearance-related concerns in relation to acne. So we spent quite a lot of time thinking about the best way to um, work with dermatologists but also the best way to support young people. And what we came up with was a decision to create a brief tool for dermatologists that walks them through how best to approach the topic of body image concerns and appearance concerns with young people with acne. Uh, And then we actually created some really cool um, online digital video content um, for young people with acne that they could access from anywhere. That's a really useful collaboration. And Heidi, are you able to tell us a bit more about those materials then and the tools? Yes. So um, starting with the um, tool for dermatologists, 
It um, provides some simple advice on how to raise the subject of appearance with young people, get the conversation going. It can be very difficult for that particular age group to initiate conversations about acne and how much it's impacting on their lives. Mm -hmm. So we provide them with tools on how they can introduce the subject, talk about it in a bit more depth, identify the level of concern individuals have, whether they need to um, be referred on to these um, videos, the Confidence Talks videos, which are available on the WDS website, or whether maybe they need to go on to have further support from a psychologist or a counsellor. So we provide them with this very, it's almost like a screening tool, but it's a very simple questionnaire that, they, that um, young people can, can complete in the waiting room. And then that can be used by the dermatologist to initiate a conversation. Excellent. And um, so what's the kind of ultimate goal of these tools then to help people with skin concerns? I think the ultimate goal with the tools is to really help young people to cope with any challenges that having acne might present them in terms of body image. Uh, but in terms of the kind of broader project is really it's a really nice alignment with the goals of um, CAR as well as the goals of the Dove Self-Esteem Project, which is to um, help young people um reach their full potential and not be held back by appearance concerns and body image concerns. While the WDS also has a goal of providing the best possible support for their um, patients. So it's really a combination of those. And picking up on what Heidi said in terms of um, the material. So as Heidi explained, we've got the, the, the brief tool that dermatologists can use. And then we've got these videos, which are on the WDS website and also available on YouTube. And in terms of what they actually cover is they cover the key influences that we know from the research on what influences young people's body image, but very much taking it through the lens of what it's like to have acne. So there's a video on media and celebrities and um, in terms of the perfect appearance that can be represented. But there's also um, discussions about all the different types of content that you see on YouTube. And you will know about this, Jade from your research into beauty vloggers. Um, there's a lot of information that inundates young people about products to use or different techniques and the trends out there. And for someone, um, particularly a young person with skin concerns, when you're really unhappy with your skin and really wanting to fix that, um, for want of a better word, you can get caught up in being online and trying to seek out well, what's the next cure. Unfortunately, um, lots of those things don't work. So there's also another video which is about dispelling the myths about skincare and acne. Um, and there's also a video about competing and comparing looks, um, which we know through other topics that have come up in the podcast that making appearance-based comparisons to other people to kind of judge your own appearance can be really problematic. And so we talk about that through the lens of acne and skin conditions as well in the videos. And what's really nice about the videos is there are no experts talking. It's um, three young women um, who are talking about their experiences, um, but there's also pro or professional tips throughout for how the viewer can um, apply some of those learnings that they've um, encountered on their journeys as well. Yeah, and we also have that the video the, um, that the dermatologist particularly wanted us to um, include, and that's looking at ways to maintain a treatment regime. So we know that it's easy for young people to start a treatment and then, um, because it doesn't work immediately, to 
never tail off so it's important to stick with the treatment regime so that's one of the videos that are included as well and I think one of the really cool things about um, this work that we've done together is um, with the videos is that um, a lot of the body image interventions that we have out there tend to be very in-depth they're not necessarily really easy to access in the moment so what's really cool about this project is the fact these these clips are on YouTube they're they're short and brief that young people can find that information in the space in which they're already seeking that information about how to deal with their acne um so that was a really fun bit to work on i think for us as researchers as well great they sound like some that's a really interesting collaboration and really helpful for both the dermatologist the dermatologist and also general public like you're saying um philippa in terms of people already seeking that information already yeah so that's excellent thank you so much for a lovely explanation thank you for your time no problem thanks jade thanks jade Great, that was really interesting. And the links to the YouTube videos by the Dove Self Esteem Project called Hashtag Confident Talk Series, as Philippa and Heidi mentioned, will be in the show notes. So go and check them out. Great. And as we have already mentioned, acne can take its toll on someone's self-esteem and body image. So dermatologists play an important role in both the physical and mental health of their patients when they present with acne problems. But before we introduce our next guest, what I think we should do is define what a dermatologist is. Good idea. Great. So... A dermatologist diagnoses and treats a range of skin diseases, including eczema, psoriasis, skin cancer, and yep, you guessed it, acne. Which is exactly why we felt it's important to hear from a dermatologist. And lucky for us, we have Dr. Diane Burson, who's a former president of the Women's Dermatologic Society and currently associate professor in the Department of Dermatology at Weill Medical College at Cornell University. Diane recently spoke to Jade on the phone from the USA to discuss the role a dermatologist plays in helping people with acne. Hi Diane, it's lovely to have you on Appearance Matters, the podcast. Please can you start by explaining what role dermatologists have in helping patients who will present with acne or acne concerns? Well, acne usually starts uh, during adolescence and the adolescent stage is really the life stage where Young women and men are starting to develop ideology related to their body image, to their self-image. They're starting to socialize. Uh, Their hormones are in in a bit of a flux. Mm. And unfortunately, this is also the time they start developing acne. And so, of course, this can have a strong impact on how they perceive themselves and how others perceive them also uh, in terms of causing uh, social stresses, even bullying. And it's usually the dermatologist to whom these patients first uh, go for advice. And when they start developing acne, whether it's mild or whether it's severe, they usually will go to a dermatologist to get advice as to the appropriate treatment and management uh, and to get help in trying to resolve this outbreak as soon as possible because again it really can have a big impact on them socially. Mm, Definitely and you've already kind of touched on this Diane but what are some of the main concerns of patients who have acne when they come to a dermatologist? Well there's the objective signs and the subjective signs. So objectively obviously they can be concerned about the appearance of the acne having these bumps on their face uh, not only having the acne itself, but sometimes the uh, acne lesions can leave a little redness behind or discoloration and brown spots and, of course, scarring. And so 
Certainly, if there are scars left behind, that can be very uncomfortable, and, and patients are very self-conscious about their appearance, mm. and so they can certainly be upset about the appearance of these lesions in the foot. But subjectively, one can also experience itching, uh, even pain in some of the lesions and, and burning, and so basically, patients can present with, with an uncomfortable feeling related to the acne and certainly concerns about their physical appearance. No, that's really useful explanation in terms of, you know, both sides of the coin, really. And is there anything that dermatologists can do or actually already do to help patients who have those acne concerns? Well, certainly, uh, as dermatologists, we have such a great armamentarium of treatments available now. So I feel there's a treatment for every single patient who comes into the door, whether Mm -hmm. they're female, male, whether they're adolescents, whether they're adults, uh, whether they have dry skin or oily skin or even have coexisting anti-aging concerns, we have a treatment and a vehicle and formulation for everyone. And so we can really prescribe the best treatment protocol for our patients, which includes medications they can use at home and topicals they can use at home, as well as some procedures we can do in the office to help speed the recovery and the, and the resolution of their acne. But what we can also do is really lend them some support emotionally. And I spend a lot of time with my acne patients, especially on the first visit. And it's important to let them understand that the acne might take a little bit of time to resolve. So it's not something that's going to get better overnight. Uh, When we give an antibiotic, for instance, a lot of patients think of a strep throat or an infection where they take an antibiotic and feel better the next day. This is not an infection. It's an inflammation. And it does take time to get better. And so I really take the time to explain to patients that it might take a few weeks to see improvement and that they really should be encouraged to be compliant and stick with the routine and that they will see results. Sometimes it even gets worse before it gets better, but there's a lot of hand-holding involved. And so it's not just a matter of quickly writing out prescriptions and handing them to the patients and, and not spending time with them, but really letting them know that we understand that this is upsetting and that there are ways to make them look better and feel better about themselves. And so it's lending them not only the the support medically with all of the prescriptions we have, with all of the skincare products we have, with all of the procedures we can do. We have so many ways to help the patients, but also giving them emotional support. That's really useful. I love the inclusivity that you have as well in, in terms of reaching out to a range of people, whatever age or gender they may be. So in terms of psychological support, is there any other kind of support that's offered around acne or is it generally just making sure that they stick to their dosage and that they're comfortable and confident? Well, certainly it's going to vary by the age group and the severity of acne. So for instance, adolescents sometimes uh, who have acne uh, might have higher rates of depression or anxiety and um, they might need a little bit more support sometimes, so mm-hmm. we can certainly give them support, but if we as a dermatologist feel that they may benefit from speaking with um, a therapist or another expert, uh, certainly we can do that to help them through this yeah. um, because, again, the psychological impact can be severe. For adults, for instance, uh, it's been shown that adults who have acne are more likely to suffer from unemployment uh, and that you know unblemished skin in many cultures, is linked to uh, improved jobs and improved success. So 
we can certainly try to help them ourselves. But if I think that I need a little bit more intervention from an expert, from a psychiatrist, I won't hesitate to refer. But usually what's, what's wonderful about the treatments we have is that when you have a patient with acne who's gradually getting better and better and they feel better and their painful lesions are gone, even on the chest or back, you can just see their mood improving too. So I think that there's a big improvement in, in mood and, uh, and attitude as, as patients get better. So the fact that we have the great treatments to offer them, I think, really transitions over to their looking and feeling happier and, and just more secure and more confident in themselves. So I don't really end up sending to a psychiatrist that often. I, I, I take on the role myself, and I think as dermatologists, we also often function as as therapists for our patients, not just for acne, but for other chronic diseases such as eczema or psoriasis or rosacea. And um, I think as we make them look better, that they, they tend to feel better, and that goes hand in hand. Yeah, I really like the holistic approach that you guys take, like you're saying, Diane, in terms of not only being there to help treat them with the acne, but also to, you know, help them psychologically as well in terms of confidence building, which is really useful. And so for any of our listeners who may have acne concerns, what would you say to them? I would say if you have any concerns about your acne, you should see a board-certified dermatologist that's here in the United States, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, because we have great treatments available. Um, We have great skincare advice to give to our patients, depending, again, on the type of acne they have, the type of skin they have. And so, uh, again, I'll treat every patient as an individual and tailor my, my management approach to that patient's skin type and acne type. And I'll usually start them on the appropriate skincare regimen, give them uh, advice about makeup and camouflage. Certainly, uh, an adult woman should not be discouraged from wearing makeup, just the right makeup, to camouflage their acne. And then I'll usually give them their uh, protocol, which is a topical regimen and often a, a oral regimen also. And for adult women, for instance, who have cyclical flares of their acne around their menstrual cycle, I might even put them on hormonal treatments to help manage their acne breakouts. And then, as I said, I do try to get them into the office where I can do certain procedures on them, whether it's peels or laser or light treatments, to sort of help uh, speed along the result and, and just make their overall skin look healthier and better. But we have so many great treatments now available that I wouldn't want anyone to feel discouraged if they've tried over-the-counter drugstore products that haven't worked for them. We really have a, a great armamentarium of treatments. And and I think there is a treatment for everyone. I should say also for adult women with acne, this is another population for whom self-esteem issues become problematic when they have acne because a lot of women think this is something that only teenagers get and Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to have this now and I'm all alone and I'm the only one who has it. Well, trust me, a lot of adult women have acne. Acne is something that persists for many women uh, straight through even to menopause. Uh, And so this is a very normal Thing. And we have a lot of treatments and options that women can use that will actually help both their acne but also their anti-aging concerns simultaneously. Hmm. That's really useful advice, Diane. Thank you. And I've actually got one final question. So we have a traditional kind of question that we ask every guest on the podcast. It's because we have cake and coffee every morning on a Tuesday. Um, and now I know you're currently in New York and therefore you're actually quite far from us to, to come to Bristol to bring any cake or coffee. But if you were to bring cake to our coffee morning, what 
cake would you bring? Well, I am a big fan of cheesecake, which I know is a Ooh. New York tradition and not so much an English tradition, although I love all the cakes I've ever had when I've been uh, in <laughs> London. And so I, I, I welcome the opportunity to try your cakes. But I am a big cheesecake fan. And as a matter mm. of fact, on one of my birthdays when I was a teenager, uh, I asked each of my friends to bring a cheesecake. Uh, and some of them baked their own and some of them bought them. But I also made three or four different types of cheesecakes for that birthday party. And I can tell you for months thereafter, I just ate a piece of cheesecake every night. I kept them in the freezer and every night I took one out. <laughs> That's actually quite useful because you could just put it in the freezer. Do you have a specific type of cheesecake you bring or is it just any type? Uh, just the traditional one with <laughs> all the unhealthy ingredients. Heavy cream, cream cheese. Eggs, sugar. Yeah, all <laughs> the traditional one with with the graham cracker crust. But um, <laughs> I love that, and I could eat it every day. But you know, we we do say that um, dairy and carbohydrates might not be the best thing for patients with acne. So I still think it's healthy to feel good when you eat something good, and as long as you do it in moderation, enjoy it. It's a, that's great advice. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Diane. Really appreciate all all your time and your comments. They've been excellent. Thank you so much, and, and I look forward to meeting you in person and, and, and getting to London and joining you for whatever cake you have. Yes, thank you very much. Look forward to meeting you too. Excellent, and that's that's it for this time. Another really interesting episode, don't you think, Jade? Definitely, and maybe we cleared things up for our listeners on this topic, but doesn't matter if we didn't, as long as they're happy. <laughs> Had to throw in a pun, didn't you, Jade? Of course. But in all seriousness, I'm glad we discussed this topic as lots of us can actually relate. For sure. So special thanks goes out to our guests, Diane, Philippa and Heidi. And join us next month when we're going to be talking about body image in men and boys. Mm, Can't wait.